0: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. Vegas doesn't know everything, but it knows a few things. One of the things it knows for sure, it seems, Justin Fields will not be the pick of the San Francisco 49ers. Though it's possible the odds have plummeted, plummeted over the weekend. It looks like it's not Fields with the 49ers. At least that's what the odds say. The odds also say... The fields the team he's most likely to go to check this the new england patriots we'll get into it nba tonight the knicks you've heard about their straight up streak they've covered the spread 12 straight games still though the suns are favored by three at new york here comes a four hour of the vegas truth covering all that and more
1: you're listening to fox sports radio this is straight out of vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. the pregame show America has always wanted. I future. The Vegas Strip. Here's RJ Bell.
0: You heard it. I'm RJ live in Las Vegas, live on a big Monday, and it is big. Draft this week, just a couple of days away for the first round, live on 225 FSR stations across this great nation. You know, the thing about Vegas is when I started doing a lot of media, there was a real sense that. We Vegas guys could handicap the future exceptionally well. And I think some guys can. And I think in the NFL especially, I'm pretty good at that. But what Vegas can do in any sport, no matter what, if you know how to read the odds, is tell you what the consensus opinion is about the future. And that consensus opinion, that wisdom of crowds, is as good as any, if not better, than any way to predict The future. So, with the draft, it really is about the future when they make the pick, right? Because the payoff doesn't come till they're on the field. But when it comes to who teams are going to pick, the odds tell you a ton. And they're not always right, but they're more right than any other source. And I think we in this show do a very good job of interpreting those odds and telling you what they say about the future. And that's what we're going to do heavily leading up to the draft. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox.
1: Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got movement at the top of the NFL draft, some rumors that are out there, and a potential quarterback on the move in the NFC. What is the Vegas lead here on this Monday?
0: The Vegas lead is that big, big odds adjustment when it comes to who's going to be the number three pick for Sam Fran. And also... Segwaying into the idea the Patriots are the favorite right now, co-favorites to land Justin Fields.
1: Yeah, and there was a report that came out from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network on Sunday night saying that the 49ers are deciding between Mac Jones or Trey Lance at number 3 in Thursday's draft. Thus, it looks like Justin Fields will not be a 49er, although there's another team that's on the lookout for Fields potentially later on in the top 10.
0: Which I got to start with that one about how skeptical I am about that. Um, people might not want to admit this because for some reason, and I don't understand all the infighting and all the backstories with every media guy and who they you know, did what to when, I don't know, right? And quite frankly, I don't care. But <laughs> it, it does feel like that the driver of this naysaying of Justin Fields of the 49ers was Mike Lombardi a friend of the show and uh, a personal friend of mine. And, you know, at least over the last couple of years, we've become friendly and uh, he's been a great guy, but that's not the question. The question is, here's a guy that has been in the league for a long, long time, is now outside of the league. You know, most recently was with the Patriots for multiple years after he was the GM of the Browns. And he had been with Belichick back with the Browns way back when. So a long history with Belichick also along or history with Bill Walsh, which, again, one of the great coaches of all time. I mean, you could really make the case that Belichick and Bill Walsh are the two best coaches, you know, since Lombardi, uh, you know, Vince Lombardi. And then he, you know, was with the Raiders for in Al Davis for a long time. So a guy that's been around for decades and he's saying I understand what it is that Shanahan's looking for in quarterback. It's not Justin Fields, and he's been saying that for about two weeks. And all of a sudden, you hear people addressing it. They say, "Yeah, you know, Lombardi's saying this," and but there's a real, there was a real skepticism. And I'm not saying that that somehow one person's opinion is the only one that matters. But Jonas, you help me understand this. Does it seem like? Has there been any other news? Like, like, what's driving – you're saying Ian Rappaport saying what exactly? And it sounds like a reiteration of what, you know, was being said before. And, like, who could be the source other than someone from the 49ers that would know, right? But the 49ers are the ones that said we're taking Mac Jones. So, like, this – I don't understand the dynamics of the NFL industrial complex of reporting. <laughs> like, what exactly has changed and – how could that source be any better than the original source?
1: It's there's just been so many different reports out there, and look, we talked about it. It just seemed like whoever had their second pro day most recent, they were going to be, be the beneficiary of the as far as the odds go. Uh, as far,
0: but that wouldn't be the reporting, though, right? Well, I mean, no,
1: no. But my my point is, is that there's so many different things that have happened and different reports that have happened. No games have been played. Just a couple of pro days and different stories and different mock. Drafts, and I, I just I think we're just going to get back to where we were initially, which is they're not taking Justin Fields, which makes you wonder what all the the filler. Except in the middle we
0: were was. never there. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there was ever a report out of San Francisco saying insiders say they're not taking Justin Fields. What they said was insiders say they are taking Mac Jones, right? So yeah, I, I guess in a way, if we if we because what I want to do here is our ability. To navigate and interpret, like I was saying in the intro, we interpret the odds, right? Some people can look at the odd screen and they see one thing, we look and see another. And, you know, the decades of experience, you know, obviously help us with that. Uh, if you're new to odds, like a lot of people talking, you know, them are quite frankly, you're not going to have, it. it's like when I was 16 years old and I was new to it, I didn't understand it fully. And it only makes sense. It's going to take time. And I like that. we're ta- Everyone's talking about it. I like that, right? I didn't like when I was the one or one of the s- small handful that were in the mainstream talking about, it. I like that it's prominent, right? I just want it to be done hopefully correctly because Vegas comes with a, uh, a trillion dollar brand in a way. If Vegas says something, people take it very seriously, and I think they should. It's just if they're being if Vegas is being misinterpreted, that's a problem. And what I want to do is interpret what the reporters are doing as well as as accurately as possible. So I guess my question is this. I agree with you 100% that the betting odds have swung to some degree by recency bias. Whatever was on the news that night seemed to have affected the odds. Uh, And is that because people are saying things like, yeah, I could imagine, you know, Justin Fields in that speed, uh, you know, I can imagine how Shanahan could take advantage of that. Well, everyone's kind of reacting to what they saw that day. Then it's being echoed out there and talked about. And it kind of makes sense the odds are going to adjust somewhat accordingly. I, I want to set that aside. I want to talk about the reporting as in a source told a Respected reporter, the following, and he now has reported it. Is it me or or that's been pretty much exclusively – the original report that Shafter had, and I think some others, that Mac Jones was the guy. Was there any other kind of direct sources that we've had other than that?
1: I had heard Justin Fields was drawing a little bit more interest from some. Uh, I I don't know specifically the reporter on that, but I did hear that Justin Fields, that that they were higher on Justin Fields and some people were letting on.
0: Okay. And, you know, if this was like the – MVP where you had to vote for five or whatever, like in the NBA, yeah, okay, fine. He might be the third pick, you know, but at no point was it uh, that Justin Fields is in the lead or that, that that you know, so to me, the rest of this has been just a bunch of talking, right? Yes, and, yeah, yeah. And and that's something to take advantage of, right? If, if things, if the odds are adjusting on speculation and you don't agree with the speculation, that's the very definition of what you want to fade. So let's say that, um... You you bought a bunch of real estate property in a certain area in Los Angeles. So you're like a mogul now, right? And you got all the, it's like monopoly, but you know, it's real houses for Jonas. And all of a sudden you hear a rumor that they're going to put a bakery in one of the streets you own, you know, the one building you don't own. And you're thinking, huh, I like the smell of bright in the morning. That could work out just fine. But if someone else said, oh no, bakeries are going to track the wrong element, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden the prices in the houses start going down. They don't like the smell of fresh bread. You're going to look at it and go, huh, maybe I should buy some more houses around here because this is irrational, <laughs> the reason it's dropping. So I like when prices go up and down because I, you know, the worst thing for a speculator is if everyone has the same price and it all stays the same, right? I love it when the prices go up and down because just as we suggested here, you could have gotten Now, we didn't suggest the Justin Fields side, but you could have gotten Justin Fields at like plus 150 or plus 200. And you could get Mac Jones at plus 150 or even upwards of plus 180 just because of those very swings. And if you if it's two possibilities and you have both at plus money, that's the definition of a sure thing. So in a way, whenever I hear people complain, oh, the odds are adjusting for no reason. I'm like, don't you understand what the point of these odds are? It's to bet them when they're wrong. And to me, the best way for odds to be wrong is to swing irrationally, to swing for reasons other than legitimate reasons. And it strikes me that if we really just zeroed in on what legitimate news we've had on this matter, the only one in all of it that has that has risen past, let's say, an inference that maybe someone's a little better, you know, often they were before in the eyes of the 49ers. It all points to Mac Jones and the fact that we're concluding now, Mac Jones is probably the answer to me. It seems like there was nothing the whole time to say otherwise. And I'm not saying that to be critical of anyone, but rather for us to learn from this and figure out like next time we deal with these rumors, how do we deal with them? Would you agree in general that they probably got too much Stock put him and, and we would have done better by ignoring them, which we mostly did, which I'm I'm proud of.
1: Yeah. And I also think when it comes to Thursday and I think you've been on this as far as you even when, you know, the odds were switching over to Justin Fields or whatnot, you still liked Mac Jones to be the pick at number three for the 49ers based on the original report and not the filler in between. I just my big question on this is. Is any of this driven by money or is this all just speculative reporting and mock drafts that some of these odds makers have looked at going, OK, well, maybe we we're wrong. Maybe it should be Justin Fields who is a favorite. Was anybody putting a significant amount of money on any of these props or can you yeah. to be able to move any of these lines at all?
0: So that's a great question. That's, that's a, a really an elite question, because what you're asking here is, and that's Jonas Knox. We're straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. What you're asking is. Is the driver of odds adjustments when odds change? Is it the opinion of the bookmaker, or is it the mathematics of okay, we now have lopsided amount of money on this side, and thus we should move the odds and make it less attractive to bet that side? Because really, ultimately, the odds move because you want as a bookmaker, which I've never been a bookmaker, but what they want is, is to make one side more attractive and one side less attractive. Imagine you're selling cookies at the PTA and you got chocolate and vanilla cookies and everyone's buying the chocolate cookies. All of a sudden, and they're both the same price. Well, all of a sudden you probably wanna raise the price on the chocolate and lower the price on the vanilla because you wanna sell more vanilla cookies. Well, when the Steelers are favored by three and everyone's betting Pittsburgh, They make the line three and a half. And you know what that does? It makes Pittsburgh less attractive and it makes the opponent more attractive. So that's why they move the lines. Oftentimes it's going to be money. But with something like this, it's going to be whatever the bookmaker thinks is going to split the action the best. So let's say for the sake of argument, there's an announcement that Tom Brady's out of a game. And let's say Brady moves the line about seven points, which he still does, which is probably amazing. It's amazing. But okay. So if the line were Tampa Bay favored by 10 before the injury news, it would move immediately to three. They wouldn't wait to take bets all the way down, right? They take it off the board. They assess it. They put it back up, given the new givens. In that case, probably a seven-point adjustment. So that's a clear case of it's not about the money. It's about the information. So the bookmakers themselves are making bets in a way by the odds they put up. So I'll give you an example. It's called having an opinion. The bookmaker books with an opinion. So what does that mean? Let's go back to that same Steelers game. They actually like Pittsburgh, let's say. They think Pittsburgh's going to cover the whole market's at three. Maybe they're at three and a half. and a half. They're coming off a of three in the NFL is a big move. So let's make this line four now. And they go to four and a half. That's something a book will do a lot. They don't want Pittsburgh action. They think Pittsburgh. Oh, so what they'll do is shade it in a way. That isn't driven by the money, it's driven by their own opinion. As the money starts coming in, they will balance that money. So if the money comes in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, or I'm sorry, underdog, 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 so now you think the line would drop, they might be a little slow to drop it because they have an, uh, an opinion on Pittsburgh in this hypothetical, but they won't buck the money totally. I hear a bookmaker say, my opinion is worth one limit bet. So, whatever the limit is, let's say that it's a college football game, the limit's uh, $5,000. If they have a strong opinion on the game, one $5,000 bet will get it back to the market. So, in that, let's assume Pittsburgh was college football for a second, the Pitt Panthers in this case. If the line is four everywhere, the bookmaker has it at four and a half because he thinks Pitt is a good bet. If someone bets him at four and a half, which he's going to get underdog money mostly because who's going to lay four and a half when there's four across the street, right? right. Is the first limit bet that comes in for $5,000, he will move the line, that bookmaker, to four. And the theory is if he's right, even 50% of the time, he's getting extra bets, one extra limit bet on every game he has an opinion on. That at plus 110, right? Because they were having to lay 110 to win 100. And if he's right even half the time, they're making the VIG on that bet. So the bookies got it easy. They've only got to be right 47.6% <laughs> of the time, right? We got to be right 524 That cavern in between, that's the VIG. Ooh, that is uh, tough sledding, Jonas. any yeah. He, any follow-ups on that? Because I, I love when you ask these questions and I try to explain it in an understandable way. Did, did that did that make sense?
1: Yeah, because I never looked at it that way and I don't think a lot of people listening have ever looked at it that way, that the bookies are actually placing wagers themselves in a sense to where they're they're wagering on what's going to generate the most interest and, and if they can throw something out there that maybe you can't find somewhere else to bait you into giving them a little bit more coin or, or a little bit more action, then that just benefits them all the way around, which just goes to show you why they win majority of the time and why people like me lose majority of the time. Well,
0: like I've often said, I know some really stupid bookies that drive Cadillacs and I know some really smart bettors that have trouble making the rent. So it tells you <laughs> which one is harder, right? But, yeah. but the bookies either had to break the law back in the day or <laughs> in, in Vegas, they are. You know, it's there's a lot of business involved with being a bookmaker and uh, hassles that a lot of bettors don't want to deal with. I will say one quick caveat and we'll take our first break you're right, having different offerings up there is another way to generate more action, right? But even on a normal offering, the typical, hey, it's the Super Bowl, what is the spread on the game? By taking an opinion, by having that line be a little different than the market, you're in a way making a bet because you're inevitably going to get lopsided betting because if you've got a lot, let's just say we were talking again about cookies and let's say that there's two cookie stands right next to each other and one has a chocolate cookie for a dollar. The other one has a chocolate cookie for 80 cents. Well, who's going to buy the dollar cookie, right? So if you have pit at minus four and a half and the rest of the world's at minus four, you're not getting any pit action. You're just going to be get or hardly any, you're going to be getting the other side of it And thus, that's the bet they're making, saying we're going to accept lopsided action because we feel good that that action is going to be wrong, that they're going to be wrong. And we're willing to book it, especially when they only have to be right 47 and a half or so percent of the time. Okay, no more big numbers, but I think that we covered that really well. And it was a great question when we come back. I want to look at the NBA for sure, but I want to talk about one more thing about... Well, two more things about this Justin Fields. One, him going to the 49ers, because I mentioned Mike Lombardi, formerly with the 49ers and with the Patriots. It makes you wonder... And and just to be clear, is talking about he's not going to the 49ers, Justin Fields, at least the odds say. He's likely going, it says right now, at least a good chance to the Patriots. Well, Lombardi understands the Patriots as well as the 49ers, and I just don't feel like, based on his thoughts, that Fields is a good fit in New England. So we'll break that down and also talk about a lot of people were wrong about this Justin Fields. I think they were wrong because they didn't handicap the actual bet, and we'll explain
1: He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree
0: with an I disagree with protocol. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
1: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a look at some of the rumors and news and notes from the top of the NFL draft.
0: Yeah, great day to join us. And we're going to break down. I'm a skeptic about the draft's impact on this upcoming season. And the reason for that is simple. We have no idea how good any of these guys are going to be. But there's a certain type of draft choice that I think really helps a team. And a little bit later in the show, we're going to explain that concept because I think it's a powerful one. Everyone's looking at draft grades. We're saying this is the one time you can upgrade a given team off the draft. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. We thank you so much for the support. We're going to keep working extra hard to keep delivering value to you. And you can listen on... The I Heart Radio app, just search for straight out of Vegas, right here in Vegas on the Strip, 74 degrees, the neon is chugging.
1: So, RJ, we've been talking about the top of the NFL draft, the quarterback that is rumored to go to number three. And it looks like as of now, Justin Fields will not be that quarterback to the 49ers. But there is rumblings that the New England Patriots could have interest in trading up for the Ohio State alum.
0: Yeah, so Mackenzie Rivers, Pregame.com Research. Let's get the number three pick odds. Give me the latest ones off the presses. I guess the digital presses. <laughs> and uh, tell us the three, the, the current odds as they exist.
1: Number three overall, Mac Jones is the favorite, minus 190, followed by Trey Lance at plus 225, and then Justin Fields at 7-1. to one.
0: Yeah, and at Justin Fields, it wasn't even What? Last Wednesday, he was a minus two hundred favorite. That's right. Is, is that today? Okay. So doesn't mean it's impossible, but one thing to think about is when they take someone that was a minus money favorite and make them seven to one, they don't really have to offer any more than that. See, the bookies, I don't know if you heard Jonas cockroaches is a fair way to explain it. Most of the time <laughs> is I'm not saying that necessarily negative. Some people have pet cockroaches. I don't, but if you do, then, you know, there you go. But most of us don't like it is they are going to give you the, almost like what's the mentality of a bookie. It's real simple is they give you as little as possible in, that you'll take. That's it. Like if you're not going to if you're not going to walk away and not bat, That's what you're getting, right? But the minute you're there betting, you're not going to get any more. So, you know, it's a a tough racket. Now, What's what's nice is with the competitiveness in New Jersey, especially in the DraftKings and the FanDuel, they're starting to be more player-friendly. And don't be fooled. It's not because they became nice people all of a sudden. They just think that it's economically it makes sense. But back in the day when there wasn't real competition because of the, you know, Gray nature of the legal side of it, uh, you know, you had very little chance of getting any real customer friendly stuff. So, seven to one is a huge drop. Fields is very unlikely to the 49ers. The thing I think that people missed about that, and these are some of the smartest people out there when it comes to the NFL, but one of the things about being super smart is it's hard. Well, I hear it's hard to understand other people's perspective, right? You're thinking, how could they think that? Two plus two equals five? Obviously, it's not that simple, but that's the way, especially if someone's not trying, you know, to quote the godfather, think like those around you are thinking. That's tough sometimes, especially for the super analytical types, like a phasic. He struggles with basic, normal things like that because he's not basic and normal. He's thinking differently, and that's how he wins, but it's difficult sometimes, and to understand what those around you are thinking. And I think that's what happened with these Justin Fields batters. There were some big, serious people that thought Justin Fields of the 49ers. You know why? Because they believed Justin Fields was the best pick. And I don't have an opinion on that. You know why? Because I'm not a scout. So I won't try to guess how Mac Jones is going to do in the 49ers offense if it is him. But they made their bets off of their dislike of Mac Jones relative to Justin Fields, not personally, but as a quarterback. So Jonas, I guess my question to you is, did you see it that way with all, that, that usually the Justin Fields people that were saying, oh, he's the pick to the 49ers, they were doing it as if, if they were picking it, they would pick the 49, or if they right. were the 49ers, they would pick Justin <laughs> Fields. And in truth, that they're handicapping the wrong thing. That you know, is if let's say that you're watching at a buffet and you see some heavy set gentleman, some would say husky, walk up and you're what you make a bet, you're talking to your buddy, and you're like, I wonder if he's getting the cheesecake or the jello. Now, if you love jello, or in my case, if I love cheesecake. I'm not going to use that as a factor. I'm not going to be anyone who picks Jell-O's crazy. I'm going to try to figure out what's going on with that guy. And if he has a shirt with like a Jell-O logo on it, I'm thinking, I don't care how much I like Jell-O or not. I'm betting the Jell-O with that guy, right? If he had, or, or like the Kool-Aid, you know, if, he had the, if it was a Kool-Aid or Coca-Cola and he had that big Kool-Aid character on there, like on his big shirt stretched out, I'd be like Kool-Aid. I think that instead of trying to predict what Shanahan was going to do, they were predicting or they were telling us what they were going to do. Did you did you see that?
1: Yeah. And I think that happens a lot, especially when it comes to these mock drafts. And it's why we've talked about it on the show before. When, When I see somebody get a bad grade after a draft, I'm thinking to myself, first of all, the only reason you're giving them a bad grade is because they did what you wouldn't have done. Exactly. And there's been no games played. It literally a guy walked on stage. Some of them, or, or they were on a fishing boat like Joe Thomas back in the day. And they got their <laughs> name called, and all of a sudden they failed the pick. Like I, I don't, I don't understand where that logic comes in. And it just it feels like you always say take emotion out of it. You know, don't don't get so emotionally invested in in your pick or or, or because you can't see straight and see. Correctly. And it feels like a lot of people get really emotionally invested in their predictions and their mock drafts. Meanwhile, other people are taking advantage of it at the sports books.
0: And and I think it speaks to what we see, quite frankly, in the social media age, that by definition, posting something is inviting critique. And even if it's just from the absence of a like or a uh, retweet or whatever, it's like, oh, look, I got 100 retweets. I must be a good person. And then the next day, I only got seven retweets. I must be a bad person. That dynamic (laughs) is uh, pervasive. And in a way, sports bettors or any investor really is the most contrarian thing you can do. Because by definition, if you're with the public, especially in sports betting, it's impossible to win long term. In investing, you can be with the public as long as you're not really behind the public because the trajectory of investments, at least historically in the modern era, the stock market has gone up. Not every day, not every year, not even every decade, I don't think. But over the long, long term, and that's why one of the questions they'll ask you when you start investing is, what's your time horizon? If that horizon is 20-plus years, then you should put more money – I'm not giving financial advice, but in general, the advice is put more money in the market because you're going to be able to deal with the ebbs and flows. If you're ready to retire in a couple years, then you start pouring money out of the market because what would be a shame is if it dropped fi- – imagine if someone was retiring right around 2008, 9 market went down like 50%. And let's say at that point they have to sell everything because they're retiring, they need the money or whatever. And then it goes up like 4X or whatever in the 10 years after and they weren't involved in any of that. But if you started in 2000 and you had a 20-year horizon, you were fine. And in general, the stock market goes up. But in general, bankrolls and sports betting go down because of the VIG. And thus, if you're with the public, you're inevitably going to be going down with them because the public makes those sides more expensive, And it's not that I think... Freddie Fanny Pack, as I call him, or <laughs> Barney at the Bar. It's not like Barney at the Bar is going to lose all the time. It's that he's going to only win 50% of the time or so, like a drunk baby flipping a coin. But you know what? I can deal with a drunk baby flipping a coin unless you charge me a, a premium. And that's what happens because when you're with the public, you're eating the chocolate cookies from last segment. And since everyone wants the chocolate cookies, the price goes up. So I, So you, you want to be out there by yourself in the corner of the bar saying, oh, you guys like Kiss? Well, I like Led Zeppelin. (laughs) And maybe it's going to take a while to figure out who's right, but even if you're only right just as much as Barney at the bar, you're going to be better off because you're getting it cheaper, whatever side you like. And let's be honest, Barney's not winning all that much, so you can beat him too if you're halfway smart. And in general, you never see a real serious batter that is betting chalk a lot. Like, think about it. All the TV shows you watch, anytime you see people betting on sports or making picks, the smartest guys are usually going with the the least popular picks. Wouldn't you agree with that?
1: Yeah, and it's the surprising pick to where you look at it, it'll, it'll have a screen with all the analysts, and they've got, you know, everybody's picking uh, the same team except for one guy picks the other team. And then afterwards, you look back on it, and everyone's surprised. And it usually seems like the, the sharpest guy there, the one that's willing to look look past his own whatever he's heard in other places and may come up to his own realization and his own understanding as to who he likes and why he likes him in that spot.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. That's Jonas Knox. So let's do this. We've talked about everything with Justin Fields except this idea of the Patriots being the destination. So we'll check on the exact
1: odds on where he's going to land. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. You know, I'll
0: bet you, Jonas, that I'll be here Sunday, just so that my estate is not obligated. And you know, that's what you call a free roll. But I would say that it, the fact that it's news, and, and he's right. Isaac is obviously it was trending and I saw it and, and Mackenzie picked it up is the fact that it's it's new, that that it's noteworthy is just a sign of how the the conversation is, is so not rooted in reality that any of us have, because he's, I mean, obviously he's talking in extreme case just to kind of make his point that he doesn't want to talk about Jimmy G, but still it's like, we just don't know, you know, there's so little, we do know that it's kind of fascinating. Like if he would have said, you know, the, the sun's going to come up, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be alive on Sunday. Like, what is the response to that other than, <laughs> of course, how could you know? Right? I know. <laughs> it reminds me of the great line in The Departed when uh, at the beginning, Nicholson's walking out of the bar and uh, he goes, how's your mom doing or something? She goes, she's on the way out. He goes, we all are, act accordingly. <laughs> 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 all right, so let's do this. Let's take our last break. When we come back, We're going to have a handicap on this. The Knicks have covered 12 straight games. And the Phoenix Suns, we have a little personal interest in them. That's a big game tonight. And we're going to get to those odds first. We'll do it first on where Justin Fields is going to end up. We got the exact odds, and the Patriots are co-favorites.
1: That's coming up next, but first we want to tell you that for the best NFL draft coverage, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio throughout the first round of the draft on Thursday. You can catch the NFL's best information man, Jay Glazer, draft analyst Bucky Brooks, former number two pick LeVar Arrington, and Fox's Kevin Burkhart as they'll be live throughout the first round beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. They'll have pick-by-pick predictions and reactions to all 32 first-round picks. That's Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time with Jay Glazer, Bucky Brooks, Lavar Arrington, and Kevin Burkhart right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. He is RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxsportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, I'm John Middlecoff, and I host the Three and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks, coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is. Year round. Listen to the Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecom, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
1: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., we've been talking a lot about the NFL draft, who is going where at the top of the draft, and there are some odds on Justin Fields and a potential landing spot for him in the AFC.
0: Yeah, so right now we've got the updated odds. McKenzie, give them to us for who is the team to take Justin Fields.
1: New England Patriots, 3-1. to one. Carolina Panthers, 3-1. to one. Atlanta Falcons and Denver Broncos are at four to one.
0: Okay. That's fascinating. So I gotta be candid with you. I saw a report today in the notes and, and Jonas, maybe you've seen this, that there's rumors of uh, Julio Jones being traded.
1: Yeah, there's that that he's on the trade block. That's been out there. Um, a couple of different um, reporters, Peter King. Or in, Yeah, insiders had that. That you know they have they are listening to offers for Julio Jones, but there's been nothing you know substantial, no offers made or anything like that for the receiver.
0: But we don't even know if he's going to be alive on Sunday. So I mean, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, let's just say this: get it signed if you trade, <laughs> but <laughs> put that earnest money down. To me. There's a real fork in the road with the Falcons. On one hand, I strongly believe if you look at the restructure they did to Matt Ryan, that they've committed to Matt Ryan effectively for two years, and that, that it would have, be the height of insanity to to restructure the contract the way they did and then get off because they made it so much more onerous, so much more of a negative to get off of Matt Ryan. We'll get into the details of that tomorrow because I want to be super clear on it. But McKenzie, that's how you see it, too, right? Yeah, that's right. All right. So I, I want to have the exact numbers so we can talk about it.
1: So we right, got that. Uh, next this year, it's 65 million cap hit. And next year, it's going to be 40 million.
0: So both of those cap hits would be more than the Carson Wentz. Yeah. Was it? So, I mean, that was the biggest of all time. I mean, effectively, when your caps, that's like half the cap. So, I mean, you couldn't do it. So now the question is, would they draft a quarterback that would sit for a year? Maybe, but not for two years. So, I mean, the thing about a two-year sit is you only got four really good cheap years. You're going to take two of those for the guy to sit? So, you know, that's what the whole Jordan Love thing is a big question mark. To some degree, you know, back in the prior era, someone sitting like Aaron Rodgers did made sense. Now, there's so much advantage to having a cheap first contract quarterback that even a Jared Goff can make it to the Super Bowl if you have enough money to – put talent around him the paradox is and that's what we're going to see with Dak when you do get paid jumbo is can you rise raise your game enough to compensate for the lack of money you have in the other spots and that's what makes the salary cap league such an economic exercise and to me it makes it interesting so to me with the Falcons is if they are Committed to Matt Ryan, I think they're not going to trade Julio Jones because what would they trade him for? Future considerations. You only got a couple more years with a quarterback you're willing to pay now. And then number two, if they do get the great tight end out of Florida or if they do get, um, you know, the elite wide receiver uh, out of LSU, I'm just not going to name any names and just talk about colleges for a second, is it's a situation where all of a sudden Atlanta's offense looks pretty good. Right? So I I just don't think they pick a – if they are committed to Matt Ryan, it feels like that they're going to be committed – to trying to maximize the chance of winning now, which means don't defer for future consideration. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Financially, it doesn't make any sense um, to, to go a quarterback here. I think it's two options. I think they're either taking Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida, or they're trading out of the pick. I think those are the only two options for Atlanta.
0: I think so. Um, uh, you know, again, I think you're using a lot of words there. You could just say the tight end out of Florida. But l- listen, like you're, <laughs> you're a pro with this. I'm not saying that you're wrong. Okay, Um Patriots. The only thing that befuddles me about those odds, the fact that it looks like there are decent chances to try to make a move to get Justin Fields, is the same rationale of accuracy and and some of the characteristics that Lombardi talks about when it comes to Belichick specifically. It doesn't feel like he has that and. And, you know, Justin Fields, I'm a high State graduate. I, I want him to do well. I just don't think he's a Belichickian quarterback. Let's, tonight in the NBA, though, shifting gears for the end of the show, Jonas, we've got a uh, big matchup with the Knicks. Imagine that.
1: Yeah, the NBA's hottest team is the New York Knicks. Winners of nine in a row, and they are hosting the Phoenix Suns, the team favorite on this show, RJ, for reasons in which you can explain. And Phoenix right now on pregame.com, and this game tips off less than an hour from now. Uh, Phoenix is a three-point favorite right now on pregame.
0: All right, so first thing you got to realize is Phoenix has lost two straight games. It's the first time they've done that in nearly three months. The last time the Suns lost two in a row— was end of January. So this is a rare thing for them. Mackenzie found, and Mackenzie, you got 30 seconds. Give us this amazing stat about if a team's an underdog, even though they've won a bunch of games. So if a
1: team has won nine straight games straight up, and they're an underdog in that 10th game, they're only 39% against the spread historically. Wow. And that's like 100, you got like 80
0: some games in that sample.
1: Yes, that's right. 85 games.
0: So here's the thing, Jonas. quickly. What's the rationale there? It's the following. If you're so good that you've won nine in a row, everyone's paid attention. And if you make someone an underdog, that means they're going to get bet like crazy. And that means the bookies think there's something so fundamentally wrong in this spot with this team that they're not afraid of lopsided action. So this is unusual that they'd be a dog. And history says the Suns are going to win and cover.
1: Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same day store pickup. Free next day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. We are straight out of Vegas. Back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!